welcome to another episode of Marriage on a Tightrope. I'm Katie. I'm Alan. And we're still married. That came out a little more sultry than I meant mm, it to. I like that. Whoa. You're looking into my eyes while you're saying that. This is not a sexual intimacy episode. No, it's not. <laughs> in, 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 fact, in fact, it's the opposite. It's, it's about as far away from that as we can get. Which is kids. <laughs> That's right, children. Uh, so quickly changing the topic to what we're actually talking about, we interviewed a fine gentleman just a few weeks ago. And Katie, do you want to tell our wonderful folks a little bit about what they're about to listen to? Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to share this episode with all of you. I would think that the number one question we get in our group is, how do I teach my children? And it's a tricky balance because one spouse might want to use scripture, use teaching helps from the church, and the other spouse may say, no way, I'm not doing that. In fact, this is really triggering. It's triggering for me to sit down and have family home evening, even if it isn't about church-related. That's right. And so this is a great episode because we have some amazing friends. We interviewed John Ogden, who, with a few other co-founders, have founded a company called Uplift Kids. Uplift Kids. And that's upliftkids.org. And what it is, is it's a way for you to teach your children that give you that gives you like teaching helps. That's right. And we explain it in the episode, but if you have any thoughts about teaching your children and you want to just teach them good morals, good values, and you want there to be unity or what John says spirituality in your home, this is an amazing way to do it. Yeah, I, we really hope that you enjoy this episode and that you go and check out upliftkids.org because the the structure and again I will repeat ourselves a little by explaining it here but the structure is little 20 to 30 minute lessons you can sit down with your family in your f- personal marriage and family situation that might be a replacement for church on certain weeks or it might just be a middle of the week let's let's do this uh let's sit down as a family and talk about these things so if you're interested as you listen to this episode and you go to upliftkids.org and you decide hey this is great I want to sign up and this is great news for all of you yes um, We have a code that will be good through May 10th, today being the 27th. So through May 10th, you can use the code tightrope, all lowercase, to get 10% off the the annual cost. So that's that's great. Um, There's no kickback for us. We just ask them, hey, if we can refer some people there, can we give our listeners a little bit of of an incentive? And they said yes. And I am not kidding. We talk through and go through the one of the lessons that Alan and I did with our own kids, and it was excellent. There was so much in there in that one little lesson, and you can just make it for your little kids, for your middle kids, for your teenagers, just uh, for however however fits your family best. So I'm going to highly praise this program upliftkids.org again 10% discount you can just type in tightrope until May 10th and hope you enjoy this interview with John Ogden we would now like to welcome to marriage in a tightrope Mr. Dr. John Ogden no we're going with it Dr. Extraordinaire Esquire uh, John Ogden to, to the program thank you so much John for joining us yes thanks for having me this is exciting. Um, a little context behind how this all got set up. 
in fact, I think, John, you saw some kind of post that I had made on my personal Facebook page. We're connected and I think the, the listeners will understand how we got connected based on your, your history. But um, can you describe a little bit about what post you saw and why you reached out? And then we can get into uh, how this whole conversation started. Sure. So you posted about uh, a Sunday lesson that you've done as a family. And at this point, I'm a little fuzzy about the details. It's been a while since I saw the post. But, well, I don't uh, remember it either. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but it just made me think like, oh, you know, you're doing these lessons as a family in a mixed faith marriage. Like um, I'm working on a project that might be interesting to you. Do you want to check it out? And, you know, we're looking for feedback. And then we hopped on a call. Right. That's right. And we went through it. So we'll, we'll get to that. Uplift Kids is the name. Uh, we'll get to that here soon. But the, the thing that jumped out to me was your name. I, I know your name and many of us in the mixed faith marriage space know your name from the book, When Mormons Doubt. Now there is a sub, subtitle to that book, right? It's when, what's the full yeah. title? When Mormons Doubt. Um, let's see. Strengthening relationships. How to strengthen relationships and live a quality life. Love it. That's great. So, I mean, when I saw your name pop up in my messenger, I went, oh, John Ogden, I have his book. It's in my bookshelf right back here, uh, which is great. So uh, for our listeners that are a little bit interested now, because they, they also know you from that, before we get to Uplift, would you mind talking about that book for just a moment of what, you know, what prompted you to write that? Why did you feel it was important? What gave you a unique perspective to be able to write that book? Sure. I asked you three questions. The next 10 minutes are yours. <laughs> <Awesome>. <laughs> so back in around 2013, I experienced what is typically known as a faith crisis. I know that term is polarizing sometimes, faith transformation. I basically uh, just realized that the way I understood the world wasn't quite the way that I then understood the world. Like there was a shift in my perspective and I went looking for resources on like how to navigate this time. And I was struggling to find the kind of resource that I was looking for. And it led me to say, well, what if I just wrote the book that I wish I had had? And so I wrote that book and centered it around three timeless ideals, truth, beauty, and goodness, saying that a lot of times when people are talking about religion, they're talking about it from different perspectives. The truth perspective might be like historical fact-based perspective. Beauty might be like spiritual and the feelings of peace and awe that religion can bring. And goodness is like a community aspect. How do we, how do we serve other people? And so a lot of times I was noticing that people would talk about the historical facts and another person was talking about the goodness that the church brought. And both of those perspectives are valid. But in conversations, it seemed to be like, no, I'm right and you're wrong. And it's like, no, you're both talking, you're both coming at it from different angles and you're both valid in the way you're approaching it. And so when Mormons Doubt was really aiming to help people see like the main goal here is getting closer to truth, beauty and goodness or any other virtue that is timeless like these. And it isn't, we get caught up sometimes in the minutia of the argument and don't realize like, what really matters is um, well-being, quality life, those those types of things. And then also seeing that religion isn't a black and white type of thing. It's not a binary, like good and e- good or evil, 
right? It's a mixed bag as all, all of us as individuals are mixed internally as well. And so just by recognizing that nuance, the hope is that we can have better relationships. That's how that book came to be and what that book is about. And that was that project. And how much influence of that book or maybe the trajectory of producing that book um, then lead you to what you are doing now? <laughs> it was the next step. I mean, I, I was looking, it was the same process actually, because I was like, now what I want is a way to talk about this with my kids. And I want to meet other families who are interested in like um, post-seculars, uh, a term that I like, but it's kind of a mouthful and kind of academic. It's not the best term, but a post-secular worldview where it's like um, aiming to, to integrate truth, beauty, and goodness at the family level and at a small community level. So this was like the next step in the process, really. So, okay. So I assume you have kids. Yep. Mm -hmm. And with having kids and knowing, um, you know, you wanted to create this, what are some of the goals that you had in mind going into the project? The goal is that I had in mind is to have transformative moments in the home for the purpose of giving my kids a foundation. Uh, The research that I was looking at about spirituality uh, showed that kids who have healthy sense of spirituality have lower rates of depression, lower rates of anxiety, uh, lower risk of drug abuse. And that's what I want for my family. I want uh, my family to have high well-being, to be happy, well-adjusted, intelligent, curious. And so that's that was the ultimate aim. And the the gap I felt is like, not knowing what to do with spirituality in the wake of a faith transformation. Right. So, okay, let's go into that word spirituality, because I think that that can, that (laughs) word in itself can be kind of polarizing, especially for (laughs) our audience who feels like it's such a personal journey. No one can tell me what that spirituality is. So what, what are the goals of, um, allowing your children to explore their own spirituality. What, how do you accomplish that with the project? We accomplish it through helping families start conversations. And I share the hesitancy about spirituality to some extent, because it can get into circles. uh, I would term woo uh, like out. I, I don't know exactly how to describe it out there or, you know, just like not, not grounded in, rigorous thinking, I guess. And so there is that, that tendency that you can see in spiritual circles. Uh, personally, my approach has been to look at how academics have approached it and just noticing that there have been a lot of psychological studies about spiritual health and, and how it does produce benefits as I understand the hesitancy around the word and why it's polarizing, I also think that there's an element to spirituality, which can mean just deep connection to other people and life and our deepest meanings and values and purpose. And that doesn't have to do with the specifics of belief. doesn't have to do with um, anything other than being present and aware of the world around you. Yeah, I'd love to share 
a quote that you actually, your uplift team sent me via email this morning. <laughs> so oh. we're getting a little bit ahead because we, we are <laughs> listener going to get into how these, how the, the uplift kids website works and what's entailed and what does it look like? We're actually going to record the screen and post that in our Facebook group. Uh, but I got an email today about the weekly lesson uh, on spirituality, a direct experience is what it says. And here's the first paragraph, because this is absolutely what we're talking about right now. Mm-hmm. First of all, uh, good use with your your uh, JavaScript. My name is populated. So it says, hi, Alan. Religion is the traditional way to foster a child's spirituality, but it's not the only approach available. Quote, it can also be achieved with regular time spent in nature, in community service, or with family explains Columbia University professor Lisa Miller. It's about fostering the framework, language, and practices for spiritual living. Love that. She goes on to explain uh, and reinforce your idea that says her research shows that nurturing your kid's spiritual, spiritual curiosity, quote, provides a protective health benefit, reducing the risk of depression, substance abuse, aggression, and high-risk behaviors, end quote, close quote. <laughs> We're LDS here. We say close quote. <laughs> that's right. So, I mean, this, that's perfect. I mean, everything you're saying uh, is uh, conveniently quoted by, by a professor at Columbia. So that's, that's, that's right. great. Mm-hmm. Now I imagine that this is not a solo project that there's, there's a team behind this effort. Can you talk to us a little bit about uh, the, the team that you reached out to, 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 to start the ball rolling with uplift kids? In the wake of my faith transformation, I found a group called Lower Lights. Lower Lights is a, is a school of wisdom. It's a mindfulness community, and it's about mindfulness, adult development, adult development theory, and timeless texts. And it's led by Thomas McConkie. And uh, he did a nine month course where we met for we met four different times over the course of nine months for five days each in Portland. And in between sessions, we also did a lot of things together. And there were four of us, including me, in this group, this cohort, that that were really interested in the question, how do you give kids a a spiritual foundation in in a world that seems complicated, that is complicated? And so over the course of the nine months, our, our uplift grew organically out of that. And so it's the four of us looking into this question, how do we build resources for families to make, to save them time, make it easy and produce really uh, powerful conversations in the home. Gotcha. A lot of our people will be familiar with lower lights. Yeah. A lot of people listen to um, Thomas McConkie have been to his lectures, has been to his meditation. I have um, attended myself and yeah, I find a lot of power in, in what he talks about and, and what he does. So I think that that's great. And it's actually something that, you know, we hadn't ever really discovered or looked into before Ellen's own faith transition. And we've since, you know, do we do Cosma yoga with the kids and um, all sorts of things that does bring a sense of spirituality into our home. Uh, I think that the, the lesson, I think we should talk about the lesson because you sent us a lesson to try or at least Alan picked a lesson to try and we were able to do it about a month ago with our kids. And I think that it went really well. And I mean, honestly, I thought this could be very Mormon-y, you know, it like Mm -hmm. with, we did a one about uh, family history, but it's not. And it actually generated 
super great questions with our teenagers, which I didn't think they would be at all interested, but they were. So I think Alan's going to share his screen and we'll go through that. Yeah, that would be awesome. So I will share the screen now over here. There you go. John, can you see that? Okay. Audio podcast listeners cannot see that. That's okay. <laughs> so we'll we'll talk through it. And and the before we get to this, you know, specific lesson, I don't think we'll go into terrible detail on the specific lesson, right. but can you talk about you know how each of these lessons is structured and why you structured it that way? Sure. So each lesson starts with a preparation guide that a parent can read through if they'd like. It's optional. It gives them questions to reflect on to kind of orient themselves to the lesson. Then it's followed by wisdom passages. So these are from all the world's religions, poetry, uh, prose, and it just shows how these themes are universal and timeless. So that's a, that's that section. Then we have suggested resources where we're pulling from what the latest peer-reviewed psychological research says. It might be surprising, I was surprised, to know that like there are psychological studies that show that knowing your family history brings about better well-being. That, there's the quote that you're showing on the screen now. It says, in the preteen years, children whose families collaboratively discuss everyday events and family history more often have higher self-esteem and stronger self-concepts. And adolescents with a stronger knowledge of family history have more robust identities, better coping skills, and lower rates of depression and anxiety. So that's from Elaine Reese, professor of psychology and, and an author of a book about the same topic. So th- it's showing that this is uh, founded in ancient wisdom and contemporary science. This is so important. I'd love to connect the dots here for a number of our listeners, because as you can imagine, John, so many of our listeners are in the throes of uh, a very difficult marital situation and also a very difficult personal situation. Just reading the words family history can make that connection back to the church. And there could be a knee-jerk reaction for some of those that have left the church to say, absolutely not. I will not go down this path. And it's so important what you're saying that family history is not a unique. And again, we're getting specific to this lesson, right? Right. This It's not a unique Mormon thing. No. And I love that you provide like, what does the science say? That's the big old blue thing on the screen here with a little clip art of a, of a, of a brain um, explaining like this is backed, like this is absolutely important. So thank you. Yeah. All right. And then we get down into um, the lesson itself. Yeah. So I'd love to hear your experience with this, but this is showing an intro video. A lot of times we've found, because we've done a lot of um, testing, we started testing early summer of last year. We did another test in fall. We did these cohort groups that are testing our lessons, getting a lot of feedback. We found that families tend to like videos just because they can sit down and start watching it. And they don't have to do a lot of prep work. And the videos that we find are engaging and um, they spark a lot of conversation. So this one happens to be about kids who are trying their great-grandparents' favorite foods. And it starts a conversation, hopefully, about, you know, what kind of foods did you eat when you grew up? What kind of foods did your great-grandparents have? Which is an easy, like, fun way to get into the topic of family history. 
Yeah. Alan's mom actually was here when we did this lesson and we did it with her and she grew up in Scotland and then moved to the States when she was, I don't know, 10 or 11. And it was really fun because the kids got to ask grandma, what did you eat in Scotland? So different than what we eat today in our home. And so that was a fun exercise with them. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. That conversation, uh, she also mentioned, she said, you know, that that candy that I make tablet and they said, oh, yeah, just the blocks of sugar. It's, just, <laughs> they are. it's like you mix sugar and butter together and put it in a pan. She's like, that's that's a Scottish candy that I grew up uh, that I grew up with. And I still make it to this day. It's a very like uniquely stoddard uh, side of my family. That's my mother's maiden name. So it's like whenever we have tablet, we think of grandma and we think mm. of where she came from. And it's super neat. And that's this is how we started. Uh, the the lesson was talking about, we read the science quote, and we read some of the, you know, the African proverb quote and some of those quotes as well, but we opened it up with, with, uh, with this uh, video and that sparked the conversation, exactly what it says underneath the video. If the video sparks questions, let's, let's leave them in this discussion. Uh, I think that this is one of the most powerful parts of uplift kids um, is that you're just providing kind of a framework and it can be adjusted based on the demographics of your family. And right. we, get, we get into that a little bit later in the, in the lesson where you have recommendations and ah, I should just stop spoiling it. You have recommendations based on the age of the kids. Like, Hey, if you've got young kids, maybe do this older kids, but can you talk a little bit about like, do these lessons take an hour? Do these lessons take 20 minutes? Is it variable? I kind of know the answer. So I'm leading the witness a little bit, but can you talk, can you talk a little bit to that? Our intent is that they'll take 20 minutes. But what we find is that once you start talking about it and it's a topic that's just alive for people, the conversation just goes where it goes and you end up in a place that is transformative. That's so it, who knows where it will, what it will live into. As right. Right. How long did it, did it take us to get through? It was pretty short, right? It was, it was like pretty sure. Yeah, it was pretty short, but it was good conversation. And I'll say this, that again, my teenagers don't usually care about this kind of stuff, but it was engaging and it was something that wasn't like us talking at them about a scripture or whatever. And so that's something that I really enjoyed about it. We love this next part. Yes. Um, uh, you know, I, I mentioned that there's three three different sections that gives you some tips based on the the ages of your kids. Uh, but yeah, can you talk us through? I don't know necessarily psychology of that, but why you came up with those? It might be self evident. Those three different sections: uplift teens versus kids versus littles. Yeah, when we started, we were aiming for kids ages eight through twelve only, and we quickly found that. Almost every family who has a kid who's eight to 12 also has kids who are younger or older. And so, and so we couldn't just focus on eight to 12 year olds and have the family gather together. So we have a section for teens and a sections, a section for kids who are three to seven as well. So that's where, that's how that came about. It was fun because we, it, it was, it became more of a quiz. It wasn't like a, we're going to ask these questions. Like, how do you know your parents? How did they meet? Where did your mom grow up? It was more for our teens. We were like, okay, you tell us, what do you know about us? And we'll correct you if you're wrong. And that way they got to say to the little kids, right. Who are listening in because we have a seven-year-old 
and an eight-year-old at the time, um, exactly what, what was happening in our lives. And, and then we had grandma there to talk about her life. And that was also just super cool and engaging. Yeah. My, my dad passed eight years ago. And so having seven and eight-year-olds, they never met him. Well, my daughter, who's now nine, she did, but she doesn't really remember him at all. She was a baby. She was very young. Uh, And so asking the question to my mom, uh, do you know where your grandparents met? Uh, I mean, that's the kid's question to my grand, to their grandmother. She got to tell the story of how her and my dad met at a steak dance, your traditional Southern California <laughs> steak dance. I always think of back to the future when I hear how my parents met because they met at a dance. At a dance. What is that enchanted evening in, under the sea or I forgot the name of the dance. I don't remember. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to get emails. Um, the name of the dance in, in, <laughs> Back to the future. Back to the future. <laughs> but that was super, super fun because it humanizes your grandmother. You you recognize she's more than just this 73-year-old woman who I've always known as grandmother. She has her own life. She has her own story. She she fell in love and spent 50 years with this man. It's pretty good stuff. Pretty good stuff. Yeah. And those questions all come from the psychological research they did. So these are the questions that they asked kids. And they found out that the kids who knew the answers to these questions had better well-being than the kids who didn't know the answers to the question. Mm, We're not great. total screw-ups, Alan. They, yeah. <laughs> awesome. I think they got more than five of 10. That's right. <laughs> that's great. Uh, so then we have another, another quote here. I think that's where, as far as our lesson goes, that's almost where we stopped. We went down to the, to the last video. Mm-hmm. Um, but you kind of know, as you're teaching your kids, I'm sure the listeners can appreciate you get a sense of when the kids have kind of their, the attention span yep. is waning. Totally. <laughs> yep. Uh, but you can see on the screen for those, for those uh, viewing in the Facebook group, um, what the uplift kids, uh, you know, a little bit younger than, than the teens uh, are looking at um, anything to mention on this section. Uh, we, my wife is an artist and she draws a comic for every single lesson. And so oh, every single lesson has an original comic that, oh, aims to engage kids. So that's, that's one thing here. Uh, but you did it. I mean, what you said is exactly our intent that you're just kind of in tune with what the mood of the room is. And if, if it's, if it's going well, just keep going. If not, just skip, close it off and, you know, move on. What, what you said is great and it matches our intent. Awesome. That's good. And then I love how it gives you Things to do with little, little kids, right? Because there um, is such a spectrum in most families. There's a little and drawing exercise drawing. here of right. draw a picture of your grandparents. That's right. You could write something down. I do like that you encourage uh, kids to tell their own stories. And my heart just was filled with joy when I saw that your Moana um, <laughs> song was on there because I am Polynesian and that actually like really is that show is very meaningful to my family. And so when we watched it, my kids knew all the words. Yeah. We were all singing it together. Yes. And it's just a beautiful way um, to end your discussion with your family. I love the different considerations here uh, after at the end of the entire thing, it says consider closing with a simple ritual that fits your family, blow out the candle, meditate, pray, sing, etc. Can you talk a little bit about the importance of ritual? I see it as a way to mark time and to kind of separate experiences. So 
it can draw your awareness to what is happening now. So even though it's simple, like light a candle, have the candle lit through the lesson, then blow it out. It does like demarcate the space and create a container that can then create a rhythm in the home. Uh, We have these moments that are sacred, even though they don't, they don't have to be serious. I mean, we try to incorporate humor as much as possible into the lessons, but they're set apart because we're talking about the things that matter the most to us during this time. So the simple ritual can help like demarcate the time. I think that's really beautiful. I think one of the things that's really hard in our mixed faith um, group is that there is sometimes a loss of of rituals that used to happen. Like family home evening is just like the perfect example. Right. And because they aren't sure how to balance both one spouse's work wish versus another, it usually just ends up not happening or one parent will do it with their children. And then there's that sense of loss that there's not two parents participating. And so as uh, Natasha Helfer is a therapist we work with, she's talked about the importance of rituals to your point and how important that is, even, even if they look differently. So if your family homing evening is a ritual you do, it's a sacred time together. If you can't do it the same way, make it look different and have it be something that will honor both you and your spouse in that space. Mm -hmm. And I absolutely see uplift kids as being able to accomplish that. I think it's a really neat way to do it. Yeah. Once again, there's going to be a knee jerk reaction, probably on both sides Mm -hmm. where family home evening is going to be in my mind or the, the person that transitions away from the church in a family they're going to think there's no way I'm sitting down and singing. I loved, I want to see the temple. I love to see the temple. See, I'm so far removed. I don't remember the names of the primary hymns. Uh, I'm not sure going to sing that. Do. I know I do. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to sing that. I don't want my kids singing that not in my house. And so when there's like any structured Mo- family Moana, time, right. On. Yeah, I know. But, but then there's, there's kind of a, a, there's a difficulty as well in a mixed faith marriage where it's, it's like, okay, there's this, there's this period where, you're no longer the family that you used to be. Mm-hmm. Now, what do you do? So there's going to be pain on your side to, on your side, I'm looking at Katie. There's going to be pain on Katie's side where it's like, okay, we need to reframe what we do during these family moments and find commonality. There's nothing objectionable in the uplift kids model. There's nothing objectionable in these lessons However, it can still be difficult for the believer to like, okay, well, that ritual is going to be prayer at the end. And we're addressing it to Heavenly Father in the name of Jesus Christ. That's non-negotiable. So there's still some tension, right? Right. But I think that this is really um, where everyone can come together and what we say is take it to the lab, try it out, see if it works. If it doesn't work, rework it and see if is something else works better. And that's up to each family to be intentional. And I think, John, you guys have created a very intentional way to teach kids uh, and create that spirituality, quote unquote, spirituality in the home or, or um, whatever your goal is as a parent to teach your kids, because that doesn't go away with a faith transition mm-hmm. or transformation either way. Um, I think that the goal is the same, but 
I think too, you have to be mentally um, prepared for it for sure. Mm-hmm. So I, I guarantee you, obviously, I'm not the only person that you reached out to, to do this lesson with. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about the feedback so far? I mean, this is up and running now. What type of lessons have you learned? What has been the reception so far? The reception so far has been amazing. There are families who are using it every week and they report that like they just have really great conversations that they wouldn't otherwise have. And so it's been really awesome to see, especially to see, hear stories like the kid remembered the the lesson from like six weeks ago and brought it up again in a conversation. It's like, oh yeah, I remember that uh, uh, lesson on the inner compass and hearing my inner voice and listening to my inner voice, um, <clears throat> then using that in their own lives, you know, paying more attention to life in general. And so those transformative stories have really been the biggest point of feedback. Um, w- the most critical feedback comes from my kids, which is good because the, that's who I'm testing it all out on, you know, and, and the other people on the uplift team, we all do it with our kids and we listen, we, we pay very close attention to like, do our kids like this? And my, my, my kids are very blunt. They'll be like, no, this is dumb. This is sucks. You know, they'll be very forthright. It's like, okay, great. That's good to know. And then we can, we adapt before the lesson goes live. We're like, okay, you know, Leo said it sucks. So I gotta, gotta change things. It's been fantastic. I mean, just the conversations that it's opened up in my own home have really helped me feel like okay i do have i do have a foundation i don't have to worry so much about like am i am i doing it right like am i uh talking about these things that really matter to my family because now it's become a habit in our family and it happens organically for us it's like oh you know i'm here's a video that I, that I just watched, you know, what do you think about this? And we'll watch the video. We'll talk about it and then, you know, move on to something else. So sometimes, sometimes it is a 20 minute sit down and other times it's just like the conversation throughout the week. We'll be at dinner and I'll be like, Hey, let's, let's pull up the iPad and watch this five minute video and talk about it. You know, so it, it changes based on the mood and what's happening in the home. Right now you have the uplift lessons. What else do you have in the works that you uh, think would be valuable to the community? A number of things. So we're using the uplift lessons as a, as like a foundation point to try to get alignment on a, a framework. So we have seven, we have seven points in our approach and we're like really exploring those seven points in the lessons. And if, as we continue to refine them, we're interested in pods, like families getting together with other families, whether it be once a week or once a month and doing a lesson together. So maybe a two or three families meeting together, having their kids meet other kids, having kids like talk about things that really matter to them a lot with other kids, which often doesn't happen at school. So it's carving out a space for those conversations to happen. Uh, another thing is that we're doing, we're starting a monthly call with one of our advisors who's been doing this for a really long time. And she's going to facilitate a call with parents. How do you help your kids nurture their natural spirituality? So 
we're starting to prototype that. And then we're also interested in uh, kid, like kid directed lessons. So the idea is like your kid comes to you, mom, I'm bored, dad, I'm bored. What should I do? They've already done their other stuff. Or you might have some rules around Sundays. Like on Sunday, we take a break from video games or something like that. But you might be able to say, you know what, just go check out, go check out Uplift, do the lesson. And um, then they can do it on their own, like a version that's kid directed. Um, those are some of the things. There are others that I'm forgetting, but the the intent for me is to um, let the community arise organically and kind of be there to facilitate and guide it as needed. But to have families be like, yeah, we now have a framework, a worldview that fits for us. And once you have that that you can trust in, you find other families who agree with it and see where it goes from there. I'm thinking of all sorts of ideas like coming to my mind. I'm like, I see a subscription box with activities to Mm. send to the home. I see, I mean, I see so, I see Mm. this going so many different directions. I love, I just, I love this and I can't endorse it enough. Um, Tell people how can they sign up for Uplift Kids? So you can visit upliftkids.org and you can look through the site look through the lesson library to see what topics we cover. We have frequently asked questions and then we have a start a free trial. There are two ways to start. Um, one is that you can just submit your email to get the lesson that we just looked at the lineage lesson and we'll send that to you along with the weekly free lesson snippets. So you can see like what kind of things we're covering week to week because we release a new lesson every single week. And then members also have access to our full lesson library as well. So all the past lessons, um, the free trial is 14 days and then you sign up for an annual membership, which is 99 for the year. Uh, our intent is that each lesson saves many hours of time of prep and then produces conversations that otherwise wouldn't happen despite like the best intention, like just having a bit of structure can really make sure that each family is talking about it. So that's how to sign up. And then the, the the new lessons come out every Thursday and then the families can either use that lesson or go to the archives and say, you know, I'm going to use another one of the, of those that's already there. That sounds great. I'm on the the lessons page now. And just to read off a few of the titles here. So there's lineage, like we just did. Uh, growing up, spirituality, gratitude, humility, mindfulness, uh, grit. I like that. You can, you can do hard things. Emotions. Friendship, anxiety. I mean, really important. So many wisdom. Really important and topics here. With your wisdom, you know, you talk about Christianity, Islam, Hinduism, Buddhism, Taoism. I mean, there are some, there's a lot on there as, mm-hmm. as it stands right now. So, I mean, if you're doing one of these a week, there's... Uh, obviously you're releasing one a week as well. So you just, you don't catch up. <laughs> there's perpetually always content to to look at, but already there's, I, I'm counting just off the top of my head. There's already over 30 lessons. And so it's just, it's just going to grow and grow. And which is, which is exactly what couples are looking for. Yes, it's exactly. I can't, I don't know if, I, I mean, I can't recommend this enough. I think that it's a game changer for so many families who want to teach their kids, but they don't 
have the time or resources to look it up themselves. And I totally get that because I'm one of those people. I like to have a manual in front of me or a website in front of me where I can click and just make it easy. So this has definitely done that. I just want to recommend to everyone to get on and at least check it out. And yeah, do the trial I for feel sure. 99, that's like so cheap yeah. for a whole year worth of content. I think it's amazing. I think you've done amazing job and I'm super happy to endorse this. Thanks so much. Okay. Yeah, I appreciate being able to talk about it. Is if if, if people have questions, um, is, is there a way that they can get a hold of you? Yeah, info at upliftkids.org is our email. Uh, you can go that route. All of our lessons, including the sample lesson, have like a, a feedback form as well. So you can also go that way. Great. And it, your website is upliftkids.org, right? And are you on Facebook as well? Uh, we don't have a Facebook account. We just barely started an Instagram account a few days ago. So cool. perfect. We'll go exactly. on and and uh, follow them there. Yeah, I think one of the disclaimers we wanted to, to point out: uh, many people that listen to this pop- podcast may be familiar with the Uplift community on Facebook. This if they is, are not associated. This is not the same group. Nope, not the same group. Just similar name. The Uplift name is is popular. Right. Well, <laughs> uplift kids. I uplift think you kids. just tag those together. Yeah, absolutely. John, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. We're going to see that it was better that we grew up together. Tell me you don't want to leave because if change is what you need, you can change right next to me. And I can flow We'll take it slow And grow as we go Grow as we go Grow as we go